We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Mike, no Darius tonight. And the Lakers uh, got their butts kicked tonight. It was a little bit opposite of the first game, where the final score of the first game, it was close for three quarters, and then the G League guys got, got whooped. It was a little bounce back night for the, for the G League guys, made it look more respectable. But Phoenix kicked our butts for the most part. And the majority of that, I think, you know, is in environmental and uh that said it's also reflective of i think a lot of the weaknesses on this team but rather than recap every game and especially a a preseason game a lot of what we're going to do this year is we're going to use the games as kind of a jumping off point to focus on little elements and before the game mike Vogel had some interesting comments that he rarely speaks so definitively about this but he said Kent Bazemore has separated himself, right, presumptively amongst other guys that he's competing with at the position. And one thing with having Russ out, LeBron out, Dwight Howard was out in this game, Trevor Reza as well, who's a bigger forward. And Vogel also spoke to the importance of Ariza in like the AD at the five lineups or how he helps. Anyway, we had a lot of size out in this game. And that really, the, the absence of our bigger guys really shines a shines a light on how small a lot of our guards are right monk is small kendrick nunn is small uh tht has been playing a lot of three and he's not like he's not a guy that wins a lot of battles in the air right so there's crackdown rebounds and things like that so anyhow uh is a guy who defensively really uh we don't have a lot of what he does on the team so anyhow i'm, I'm curious what was your take on those pregame comments regarding Bazemore? Yeah, and so it's interesting you start with Bazemore because he he did the last interview um, also after the game, and I started by asking him about his defense and sort of how important it might be just given that the Lakers don't seem to have a lot in that spot, and he's totally focused on that. I think that you know he's looking at the game on both sides of the court, of course, and he also sees himself as a, a guy that's going to get a lot of open threes and you know that's going to be able to at times get into the middle of the paint. But defense has to be um, where he's most focused and where he's hanging his hat. 
And Pete, you're right when you point out the like we had all these podcasts over the summer thinking about the Lakers size and like how they could be, um, you know, dominate teams in certain ways. And LeBron and Russ are so, so crucial to that because Russ is almost always going to be the biggest at his position. And LeBron is almost always going to be the biggest um, at his position. And so when you take those two guys out, right, it's a, it's a, a real issue. And we saw that play out in this one. And even like, even with Bazemore, you know, he's, he's not the stoutest guy, but he's, but he's far from, he's far from small and he's got good reach. So he, in combination with LeBron and Russ definitely does make more sense in that context. It's just how much shooting are you giving up? And that gets us back to the whole AD at the five versus them starting a classic five. And, and it's going to be tough to have to start base more if you're going big, you know, maybe there's a a better opportunity there um, when small. So it's, it's a lot to think about Pete, but it's just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not taking too much out of these first two games, to be honest. (laughs) And and I don't know if you're you're different. So we had a funny text message conversation last night, right? Where I was telling you that I've been in regards to the rotations and lineups. I've been like in my own Dan Brown novel, the the gif of the it's always sunny in Philadelphia with the guy in front of the clipboard, just like, you know, conspiracies and lines pointing to things and post-its all over the place. So I I don't want to make this another uh, 80 at the five conversation, but I do think that like zeroing in on little elements of it. The thing I love about basketball is there's always kind of two schools of thought competing on a certain issue. And the reason why Bazemore and all roads keep kind of leading back to that is you're exactly right, Mike, is that if we've got two bigs in the starting lineup, then Bazemore's spacing, or I don't know if you've noticed, but his uh, drives to the basket can be an experience. And if he's driving to the basket and it's all yes. clogged down there. High right? turnover so, guy in that right. context. And, yeah. and that's why, right, right. And that's why like it, this it's that particular domino leads to so many different things like that, where it's like Bazemore is really good and might fit in this lineup, but might not. And it kind of speaks to the nature of having so many vet men guys on the team is every single one of those dudes have serious holes in their game. And it's a matter of like finding the right combinations because you can very much make the wrong choice if, if that's the case. Right. It's the, it's a very obvious example of Darius's favorite term of slotting. And and so when yeah. this game started, I looked, I was like, all right, so who's going to play for Phoenix? And you can say the same thing about the, the, I think the reason the Nets game was, was a little bit more even was because they sat all their stars. Well, in this case, Chris Paul was right. playing with his regular rotation players, subbing in Shamit uh, for Devin Booker. Everything else was basically how they play. So it's the same system, like a screen roll with Aiden and the Lakers right. were pretty locked in for the first, you know, five, 10 minutes. And you saw AD getting deflections and they're going up and down. And then it just kind of dissolved into Chris Paul. Like they knew what they were doing and the Lakers clearly don't. Right. And I think so Frank Vogel's yes. post game reaction to that is we need to be sharper uh, watching our, our point of view may have just been, well, the, the, it, the, the competition level wasn't that great. And then we can bring in the whole three o'clock start. And the last one was 1230. So there's, there's all of these excuses, right? right? So all, all, yeah, all that to me, those are excuses this year when maybe they weren't last year. Yeah. Right. Cause it was a three o'clock start for Phoenix too. And they went far further in the playoffs than we did. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a yes. little less, I have a little less, but, but it is at the end of the day, a preseason game. Well, no, but, but, but yeah. my, so the excuse to me that is palatable is the, this is what, 
Carmelo talked about after the game was so, and to an extent, Bazemore as well. When Russ and LeBron had been on the court, it, which of course has been every practice, there's a certain swagger to that. There's a certain amount of, and this is Frank Vogel's favorite thing with Rondo, but he's at a different level now. And when they're not out on the court, it's just a, not only is it a different in terms of energy and all right, let's like, let's go get them. But there's just a, it doesn't make sense positionally because the, all of the playmaking is gone without those two. So that's where I actually, I tried to ask Frank, okay, so since those guys are out, what are you actually taking away? So let's not worry so much about this actual thing, but what are the things that you're looking for? Frank Vogel. And of course there, Pete, that's where, and you could do the same thing. Like that's where he can pull out 10 different things of it, right? Like the, the way that they rebounded um, within the, the context of that lineup was not good enough. The defensive rotations weren't right. You know, there's, there's just a lot of stuff there um, that wasn't quite working out. And I, I'm just, I'm hesitant to take too much out of it, but I, I'm still fascinated by all of the rotations and all of the lineups and who's going to actually, because there isn't an obvious choice, you know, still that's right. two. And there isn't an obvious choice. If, if they do start ID at the five and like, it looks like, so we don't know when Ariza's is coming back at this point, right? He hasn't really done much yet with that ankle. So there isn't an obvious thing there either. And then, so who are those guys going to be at, at the, the two, three, if you need two guys. So that's where I'm, I'm like the preseason games aren't, the value upon them, Pete, has been lowered, it seems like, in recent years, where there's many more coaches that are looking at the full 82. And whereas in the past, you know, preseason game number two, you're already kind of it's the second game where you have your top rotation in. That like that's how they used to do it. And now that they're not, all of a sure. sudden it's like, well, wait a second, the, the regular season is starting in two weeks now. And so yeah, so that, that's the stuff that I'm thinking about more. It's like yeah, I would argue, though, that that makes the preseason a little more important for us because that whole continuity and, and cohesion that the Suns have, that's going to be true when we face them in a real game in the second game of yeah, the season. No, I'm agreeing and with you. Yeah. Like, even that, with LeBron, yeah. yeah, even even with LeBron and AD, like, I, I will be pleasantly surprised if we win that game because the Suns are a precision team. They beat you with skilled players that are very well coached. And the way that Monty Williams' coaching shows up most amongst his team is they make the correct decision relative to what the defense is doing and their role almost every single time, certainly a higher percentage than the vast majority of teams in the NBA. If a guy is going to rack baseline after, say, Cam Johnson catches it, but we close out to him and he drives toward the baseline, Aiton is going to read that and he's going to tee up right to the front of the rim right of the way. You know, the the weak side is going to give him that passing angle on that corner. They're going to execute what they do because, like you said, it's the same things. They've done the same things over and over and over again many times. The Lakers did the exact opposite end of the spectrum in that respect. We've got two guys, really, that have played a ton together. You can throw Rondo in there. You can throw THT in there. But for all intents and purposes, LeBron and AD know how to play each other and know with each other, and nobody else really does. Uh, Dwight as well. But so that building that connective tissue and getting those reps in, I do think that these upcoming games, Vogel mentioned afterward that LeBron and AD will play in two out of four of them. And I think that our preseason in a lot of ways is going to extend into the beginning of the regular season. So like, do you see there being maybe some growing pains to start the season? We've got a favorable schedule, but you know, not a lot of uh, 
we've got a, we've, this game showed in some respects we have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, so kind of like with the lineup decisions where there isn't an obvious, this is the way that you should go. I think that it's the same with the preseason games and getting the reps, getting these guys out there versus the big picture. And that extends Pete to the first couple of weeks of the season. And I, so if you ha- if I had to pick, I've always sort of been on the side that player rest is a bit overrated and that teams think themselves into it uh, too much. And that there's a lot of data in the past about how when guys played more, they weren't necessarily more likely to get injured. And so, and there's just so much second guessing of that, that I I think that it ends up being almost like an attitude that can be pervasive in a team when you have guys just resting just to rest, you know, as, as opposed to like the, yeah, look, look, maybe one game or two games, you know, here and there, especially if carrying a certain type of an injury, but I've, I've generally been more on the side of like, let's, let's have these guys go out there and play. And that's what I'm feeling now with this preseason that it's just with this team having so much that they have to do, it would be really nice to see more um, games with the stars out there. And, and then yet I get the, I get the, this is even within that context, this is a unique Lakers team with LeBron in year 19. And so I, I'll just put it like this though, two years ago, pretty much a new roster when AD comes in, all the young guys go out like LeBron's there. Danny green is new, you know, and that team didn't take too long to get going because LeBron and AD brought it from the start. So if LeBron and AD right. and, then, and then put Russ into their Pete, that to me, that to me papers over a lot of the growing pains that you might see. So in, a, in other words, there's enough talent that sure, they're going to be a bit behind on cohesion type stuff with for a team like Phoenix, but they can overwhelm Phoenix by just smashing their way to the rim with those three. I agree on the offensive end, but defensively is where their absence, which isn't to say that, you know, LeBron especially isn't a great defender that would make a difference, but that's where the lack of cohesion, because there's, like I said, they're a precision team. And so they're going to carve you up if you make a mistake and really more than anything in a game like this, it's like you have Carmelo Anthony out there at the same time as Malik Monk, as the same time as Rondo, as the same time as DeAndre Jordan, like Usually if you can survive one bad defensive player on the floor against a team that's a precision team, even that's a tough go. If you got two or more, you're in you're in trouble. And they're gonna carve you up, and that's exactly what they did with the Lakers. So what I'd like to see more over these last uh, you know, these last four uh preseason games is progress on the defensive end, whether we've got Russ or LeBron or not, or or whoever's in and out of the lineup. But that's something that can carry over from game to game that we can that we can build that I have been disappointed in in the first two games, despite the absence. We actually just got some news on uh, Trevor Ariza going to be out for a while now. Looks like uh, he'll be reevaluated in eight weeks. So let's take a quick break. That really uh, changes a lot of the conversation, I think. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, Mike, what are we looking at? Uh, what's the uh, official report from the Lakers on Ariza's status? Yeah, so there was some concern, I think, just because he he had not been able to do much so far in practice and obviously missed the first two games. So they decided to do a procedure. And by this point, you guys have seen even me tweet it out and you've seen the Lakers tweet it out. But the bottom line is he's going to be out or he's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks, which doesn't mean return in eight weeks. That means see how he's doing. Uh, in eight weeks. And, you know, uh, I know that uh, I'm great at math. That is at least two months. And that's significant. So especially at this it stage is. of his career. And I think that there were some I, I know, Pete, there was some reporting. Um, I wasn't sure that I agreed with it, but that Ariza was going to be a potential starter. And that so mm-hmm. I think this has a in the context of what we discussed in the first part of the pod, right? We were just talking about the size. And I think that you even had brought this up specifically where Ariza is one of the only guys on the wing that's got the kind of size where, all right, you go and take the big wing. And so that LeBron doesn't have to, because even in this, in the, right. if you consider Kent Bazemore, you know, he's not, he's not big enough to go and take he's the more of guard. Yeah. 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 So that's that spot that I thought Danny green was so great in two years ago where, you know, he could, he could go over and take whatever that biggest matchup was. And then LeBron could switch if needed. AD could switch if needed. And that player now with Ariza out, um, isn't really there. And uh, so I, I do think that on the one hand, it's significant there on the other. I'm not sure. We just didn't know if Ariza was going to be able to, uh, to be an every night player right at, at this stage. And I, I think optimistically sure it was a possibility, but I don't. I don't think this is a a minor um, piece of news, Pete. I think it's significant just when you're considering the overall lack of of that wing size that the Lakers have had the last couple of years, and it's going to be it's going to tax. I think LeBron and AD and Russ um, even a bit more because one of those three is going to have to is going to have to take on more of those assignments. Yeah, that's something that we experienced this a lot last year with the significant injuries is that when you're missing uh, from a team wide concept, when you're missing the same skill set a couple of times and now you're down to your third string ball handler and there are a couple of times we were fourth string, fifth string or you're down your top two bigs. All of a sudden, guys get put in positions that they're not comfortable in. One thing that we saw in this uh, in this game against Phoenix, for example, is 
the passion, the passing limitations of Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn, THT. We've seen that in these games without Russ and LeBron in large part because as instead of being the third or fourth most important ball handlers on the floor, those guys are the first and second most important ball handlers. And they're just not good enough at that to absorb that type of responsibility. Same idea with uh, Trevor Ariza. That's an area where we're thin. We, we've been talking about, you know, the potential need for a big wing. I know that's something that, that you, you value quite a bit. We were talking about that before any Ariza news or when we were at least assuming he'd be back, be back soon. And so this you start getting to critical points of failure when that happens. I suspect that THT is going to be the guy that steps in. I thought there was a decent chance for a reason starting. Um, I think that THT would probably step into that role yeah. at the, at the three spot. How do you see this going? Yeah, no, for sure. That's he's, he's got to as the backup three, right. But I, but in a, a potential starting lineup that becomes interesting also. So if in a, this gets back into the whole AD at the five or not, but if you're starting AD at the five, then are you gonna are you gonna be able to get by with Baysmore and Ellington, for example, alongside Russ and LeBron and AD, or is does that end up being a little bit too small? And if not, then is you know is THT really that much of a size edge? And and then which of those guys would he be in for? Right? Then is it is it Bays and THT would be the better defensive pairing? That, that's what I think it would right? be. Would be those two. And then yeah. and then and, you have Ellington so the in of- with the second unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I could. I'm curious about Ellington. I've like Ellington's defense. Like he's a really good shooter, and so it's one thing from watching him on tape, and then it's another from you know seeing him in the context. Of, I'm curious if Ellington ends up in the rotation. Just defensively, he's been really rough these first couple of games. So I'm curious if is there a battle between Monk and Ellington for kind of a a bench role? But with respect to the the starters and. Bazemore and THT, which, and I thought it would be Ariza instead of THT, um, is that the threes that they will get will be feet set catch and shoot threes, right? And Ellington's value is that he can not only make those, but he can come off of screens, as can Monk, but obviously Monk is small. And I think you and I agree that his best role is as a sixth man scorer type of off of the bench. So just through the lens of Bazemore and Ellington, I think that you don't need Ellington as much because the the threes from the drive and kick that come from Russ and uh, and LeBron will be mostly standstill threes. So I think you can get by with that that Bazemore THT combo. But then yeah, off of the bench, you you start to get very small very quickly. Or and or then LeBron has to you know do a little more defensively heavy lifting. It's certainly significant. Well, I mean, the, and I guess the other option, which would give you a little bit more size uh, but not athleticism, would be Mello, which is what we saw tonight. So if you go AD Mello LeBron and then uh, Russ, there you and, go, right? And then you have uh, either Bazemore or THG. I think you probably go Bazemore uh, in that context. Agreed. Right. Yes. And so that, that allows you to then keep THT off the bench for some of the playmaking, but then that unit's going to be small, right? Cause it's going to be him, none Ellington and yeah. then uh, Dwight. Right. And so it's a, you're, you're, we're starting to see with just, even just kind of with one injury. Uh, and if they go small, that this is, this to me is partly an argument for why you might want to start big still. Um, in, in some senses, just to kind of like, okay, get out there, establish yourself defensively rebound. And you're not, you're not having to play so many small guards 
but then one of those guys is going to get squeezed out. So Pete, there, uh, there isn't a great solution yet. I think that's what these next couple games, we're going to see some more experimentation with it, but it's uh, it's something that's going to, that's going to take a bit for them to really settle on. And it may ultimately, it may ultimately mean that they've, they want to make a move uh, right at some point. And they do have that open roster spot, right? If they're, if it just doesn't seem like there's, there's the obvious fit, but plenty of time to go through it. And I'm sure you and I will, will send about 17 million texts uh, about this as as the season starts here. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, if THT has to start, I think that makes it more difficult to start Jordan just regarding his shooting, right? Like THT's uh, not as good of a spot up shooter as as Trevor Ariza. So it kind of exacerbates an existing spacing issue. I do think though that it gives more of a a chance for Jordan to come in at the end of the, for, I don't know. We'll have that conversation another time. You brought up Mello. We got our first look at AD yeah. and Mello. And what with the thoughts, reason Pete? news, if so, the first shift, it was a tale of two shifts. The first shift, I liked it quite a bit. And we did not shoot particularly well. Mello missed a couple of open threes, and he's a, you know, mid 40s type of guy. And they'll get better looks off of the driving kicks of LeBron and Russ, of course. Uh, what I've thought these first two games were, at least the starting lineups, were kind of auditions for potential, again, end of first and third quarter lineups. What I liked about the combination between the two of them, especially in in that first shift, is Melo can be a possession saver where you've tried to run something, you've gone through the first 16 seconds of the 24-second shot clock, and now there's eight seconds left and you don't really have anything going, and you just kind of throw the ball to Melo, and you've got a chance to still score on that position in ways that a lot of second units don't have that ability. Now we're talking about this in in context of the starters. Melo, I think would be more of a knockdown spot up shooter, which we could certainly use that in the the starting lineup as well. He would also help with that cracking down on the boards, uh, as you mentioned as well. But in that second shift, we also got to see how some of the bad of, of what that could be. So yeah. What was your takeaway of, of that duo? So when you've got, and this is kind of, this is where it gets into it depends on which of these guys are out there. Like you can't just have every guard on the roster with every big and every forward. Like some of them, like uh, Ellington goes well with Jordan, right? In a sense. So, so if you do start yes. Jordan, then you probably, then you probably almost have to start Ellington in one sense, just a way of looking at it, the spacing. Yeah. And if you don't, then you probably need some more defense, right? So then you need Bazemore uh, in that group. And so with Mello, so Mellow, I do just from the spacing standpoint and the scoring standpoint, it, that's the part that does look good, especially if AD is, is out there in the perimeter and Mellow's going to get those walk-in catch-and-shoot threes that he's so great at. Um, he's also, though, going to be he's going to be the guy that's guarded by not necessarily the weakest defender, but he's not going to be the focus, right, if there's LeBron and there's AD, so, which, yeah. means that, which means that he might be almost too aggressive at times and the ball isn't going to be in LeBron's hands enough. The ball's not going to be in AD's hands enough. And so that's the part of me that, that is hesitant, at least in some context with starting mellow in that, you know, that he's going to play aggressively. He just does. That's how he plays on offense. And he's going to want some possessions where he backs Chris Paul down and sure. Sometimes it's going to work, but a lot of times it's going to be a turnaround contested too. And this is where we point out Pete, he shot 42% from the field and from three last year. So that's the part where, and then defensively, it's not right his strength at this point um, of his career either. So, so I'm I'm probably more inclined, even in a small lineup, to go smaller 
and go like Ellington and Bazemore um, than than to go mellow alongside uh, alongside that group. But I guess I I would need to see it a little bit more. And and I this is where it's like Frank's got such an interesting job right now, looking trying to look at some of this tape and then approximate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, hundred percent. My concern is less. I think Mello would slot more into that spot up role. I'm a little more optimistic. Although you're certainly right, he'll uh, and he'll command positions, and sometimes that'll be the right thing to do if he's facing the the weakest of the front court defenders. One thing Carmelo Anthony can can do is score, and if he's got the worst guy out there in the front court, there are going to be times where that's actually a really good idea, and he can find guys out of the post where you know where we can space and and cut out of that. I'm more concerned with like the second unit rotations with that. Like, how, who do you play after that? Because because of Ariza's absence, we just have such a gap. Like in terms of wings, we've got LeBron and then we've got Melo, and so the, those two guys are playing together. And Trevor Ariza's hurt. Is THT playing the backup four spot if Melo starts? And so that's why I think that. I actually yeah. really like Mello in that lineup, but in the context of the greater team, I think like a Bazemore THT, if AD starts at the, at the five, I think is likelier than than Mello. Yeah, because then off the bench, you've got Mello is a natural pair with Dwight in a lot of ways where where Dwight. Mm, great point. You, you yeah. know, where Dwight can a sort of and Pete, you mentioned this to me in the text thread. Like they had some they were running some stuff with Dwight where he was like out on the perimeter. And, you know, it, like, oh, some, yeah, setting them wide pin down screens and yeah. rolling to the basket looked and great. Like, and I like that. And so if you're going to play the second unit is going to be small, right? Uh, unless you I guess if you put LeBron or AD out there to um, to some extent, then you're automatically bigger. But if you've got none and let's say Ellington and and then, man, I guess, yeah, I guess THT, but one of those guys might be starting with a Reza out. Then you're oh sorry monk mm-hmm. if, or if monk who's played really well monk, been, mm-hmm. on offense right if monks out there yes. especially then you have to you almost to me you almost have to have the rim protection back there with Dwight because there's so many guys that you can drive 100%. by yeah so and then and defensive it, rebounding too and defensive rebounding monks got yeah yeah and Dwight and that's the one thing still that Dwight sort of on his own physically can make up for a lot of ails on that in that context so I. I do like pairing Mello with him a little bit more than the idea of, of starting him. But, you know, we're I think we're going to get a chance to watch this and have some actual film. And that's that gets back to the original point about how I need to see LeBron yeah. and Russ in the rotation before I can really answer the question. You know, yeah, it's it's I mean, this is part of the build of having three superstars is we knew that pretty much everybody else was going to be a vet men guy. We got THT on, on a deal and none on a, a MLE. But this is what kind of comes with the territory of that. And so if two thirds of that are sitting, it also makes us vulnerable to injury. What if one of those guys goes out for a longer stretch? Now, I think the fact that both of them are out, like if one of them were playing right now, we'd be, we'd look significantly better, but it's one of the weaknesses of this type of build, which isn't to say it's the wrong build. Every type of build has weaknesses, but yeah, we're a little more, if one of those top guys go down, it, it, causes a cascading effect that could be difficult to deal with um and we have our first role player going going down in trevor so we'll see the domino effect of that well and pete here's something i think is worth mentioning because we keep noting our text thread because it was long and pulling some different points out about it but one of the points i was trying to make is that (laughs) as frank is determining these this rotation and i think there was there was part of you uh 
correct me if I'm wrong, but you were you were wondering if somebody was going to get squeezed out, right? Like a monk or, you know, yes. in Ellington. And Ellington, my point, yeah. my point is a with 14 roster spots, B with the 14th guy being Austin Reeves, who, who I, I like, but I don't think is ready for, you know, regular NBA rotation minutes. Then Agreed. Rondo, mm-hmm. right. Who, who is not going to be an every night type player. Now Reeves is out, right? Like you're already down to 11 guys. And so, sure. and Frank, sure. Frank sometimes like to play 11 guys just anyway, as he's getting guys and keeping guys engaged and keep. So I think that that's what I think the early part of the season is going to be about where all of these guys are going to play. There isn't, there isn't going to be a, you know, I don't think whether it's one of the two centers between Dwight and DJ, like I, that's the part for me where um, it seems to be a little bit easier to just get the six minutes to start or the five minutes to start the game because a lot of teams start traditionally. Um, even if I agree with the theory that they're of course going to be better, right. Especially with Russell when eighties at the five. And as you said, let's not get into that, that whole thing again. I'm just trying to to be realistic about what the the limits of the roster are, um, especially now that you have one guy out, another guy who's you know sort of super vet slash coach, and then another guy who's a G League equivalent. So um, it's these are these are all things yeah. that have to be considered. It's crazy how after two preseason games, in a lot of ways, I have more questions than I did before the first two. But I do think that things are going to start to normalize as the the big guys enter the fray and we stop playing games at you know in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, I am fascinated to see the where things go from here, um, and you know how we cover for the Ariza absence, what it looks like with Russ and LeBron. We should get the first look of that this coming week. Yeah, man, we, we'll just Russ, Pete, we just want to see Russ. We just want to see Russ out there. Yeah. Oh, I know he's killing me with this. Yeah, they, <laughs> come on, let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll catch you tomorrow. You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. with his eighth block shot that NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, missing. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.